0: It's like I told Win after the first two years. You hired me for what's about to come. Because what's
1: about to come is the hard part. That's your boy. That's your judge of character.
0: I don't know if I could follow
1: that one up. Khalil Herbert is everything we dreamed of and more. Pete,
0: nobody's looking <laughs> at your tweets. I love our guys. I love where we're going and what we're doing. We cannot stop fighting the good fight. I'm going to end up in a Columbia prison. I'm yelling into the void and that's what I like doing. (laughs) Get you somebody that loves spruce tips as much as Pete does. Why
1: did I pick to cover 14 points against NC State? I'm warm.
0: Do we need to get better? You bet. And is that my responsibility? 100%. I
1: want to know what you're drinking,
0: Rob. It is roasty goodness even though I was out. What's the percent on that? 11.
1: Smells like you're drinking
0: like cleaning solution we're gonna put this old guy in a grave the end has already been written we just got to go through the hard part to get there and i mow the lawn after work before the podcast
1: welcome to too deep hokies under the influence my name is pete berthod and my co-host is robbie dowling robbie i haven't talked to you since march madness that's hard to believe man how you doing
0: i'm doing pretty well how are you
1: (laughs) i'm i'm good Hanging in, enjoying some of the better weather. Uh, It cooled down finally. We had a real heat wave the last two weeks, but this week's been nice.
0: Yeah, and let's hope this is like riding a bicycle because we haven't recorded in a while. So we'll see how this goes. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we're going to try and cover a lot of ground today, uh, seeing as it's been a couple months since we've recorded. Jump all over the map. Obviously, a lot of football, a little bit of basketball, and just our thoughts on spring practice and that kind of thing. But first, Robbie, why don't you give us a cheers?
0: Well, cheers to happy, no more COVID. Uh, If you got your shot, (laughs) then you start to feel like a normal human being. You can walk into places, depending on where you live. Certain places I still have to wear a mask at the grocery store, other places I don't. But thankfully, I have my shot. My wife's had it for a while. And at least for the time being, things are starting to feel a little bit more normal. So if there's nothing else to cheers to, uh, for all of humanity and everybody out there, I think that's a that's a big one to cheers to.
1: Cheers, man. Yeah, the last couple of weeks have been nice. Uh, being fully vaccinated on my end and and my wife, and been out to a couple bars to watch games and stuff. NBA playoffs are going. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to just get back to normal, quote-unquote. The last time we talked to you, we were talking about March Madness. You know, the Hokies were in it, and we were playing Florida. We ultimately lost that game, and Baylor ended up winning the whole tournament. When I thought Illinois was going to do it, they were the first one seed that got knocked out. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, absolutely crazy. And and that was a tough loss for VT in that, in that Florida game. Uh, 75-70, and it... It hurt. I felt like the team had a lot of momentum behind them, but obviously it wasn't enough to carry the day.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, what was it? Naheem hit the shot to tie it up, but uh they outlasted us in overtime. Yep. But we were talking about how Nance had our call along with Rafferty and how iconic a duo they are. And uh, someone even left us a review on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, and said... No one's more iconic than Rafferty, even more so than Nance, because I know we were talking about that last time, but that was in the review, actually. But we appreciate the review. I think that was from Jupiter Hokey. And Rafferty really was excellent throughout the whole tournament.
0: Yeah, he's amazing. And and Jim Nance, I I just love him because of all the different sports that he covers. So it's a little bit, you know, but he was, um, Rafferty was awesome.
1: Yeah. So this is going to be basically an all news and notes episode, as I kind of hinted at, uh, and just kind of bounce from topic to topic. And I wanted to start with the full capacity Lane Stadium news that we just got. I guess a couple days ago, it was confirmed on Monday, six fourteen, and we also got the kickoffs for the first few games.
0: Well, and the alcohol sales uh, just came uh, in the in the stadium, so it was. Um... It was a trifecta that we got of uh, of really good so, news.
1: I wasn't sure. Is the alcohol sales? It's now beyond club. It's going to be other places in the stadium.
0: That's my understanding. Is what it's going to be. Is it's going to be other places in the stadium as well. So um, I don't know. I'm I, either way. I think the capacity is the biggest kind of uh, news and mm-hmm. note of all mm-hmm. of this. That's going to be very exciting, and I think you were even tweeting about it earlier today. I have season tickets. I'll be interested to what to see what the stadium looks like. I think I'll be comfortable going. I know me and my wife, we already have uh, booked a, for the Notre Dame game. I'm looking to book for the no- North Carolina game. That's pretty cool. The alcohol sales, um, I think, will be good for the school and revenue and profit generation, although I know those aren't huge dollars. And then we got announced kickoff times for the first three games so a lot of good news as we as we get into the doldrums or already have been of the football season and get ready for the season upcoming
1: yeah once you can envision what the atmosphere in Blacksburg will be like because you get the time that 6 p.m kickoff for the Friday night game against UNC then you start to really feel the season coming and I do think that will sell out UNC just because people are excited and it's a big opponent, an important game in the ACC. Uh, but I do think that selling out Middle Tennessee State, Richmond with coming off a losing season, a little bit of people you know, still concerned about being in crowds, uh, that could be more difficult. But I would expect UNC, Notre Dame, and maybe one or two other ACC games could be sellouts.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. And that that uh north carolina game to kick things off north carolina people are obviously very hot on and um they you know i think they're ranked what top some places top 15 i think top 10 i saw
1: in in one or two places like number eight which i think is a little bit lofty considering they lost both of those running backs and both those wide receivers but uh they're they're gonna be a tall task with how at quarterback he just instantly makes your team a top 25 team i think they're at least going to be that and then we'll see how high they can go
0: yep i agree
1: all right the new college football playoff proposal came through uh last week and it hasn't been voted on or agreed to or anything like that yet but a 12 team playoff robbie i it, when I was a kid and you know my favorite team was getting left out of some random bowl because Nebraska needed to play Miami instead of Penn State, I couldn't understand how there was no playoff. And now we're on the cusp of having a 12-team playoff. That is really awesome.
0: Uh, I think yeah, I listened to – yeah, you know, I took a, a little bit of time off from college football. Obviously, I think a lot of us did. And in this off season, we had there was a lot of news that was not all that exciting. That kind of detracted people from from at least Virginia Tech football for a period of time. And I started to get back into it, based on the sources that I hear from a lot of different podcasts, like people that are in the know. They think this thing's almost final. Like, there might be some tweaks. There might be some movement. It
1: kind of sounds like that. Just reading some of the articles, it seems close.
0: Yeah, it seems baked. So, for those that are not in the know, it's a 12-team playoff. Um, The first uh, six, the top six conference champions. So, it doesn't matter what conference you come from, uh, of any of the conferences, any of the 10, um, if if you're in... Uh, ranked high enough then you're you get an auto bid in the top four teams are in and get a buy the next top four, four conference champs yes you have to be a conference which champ. is key yeah, right. yeah we'll get to the notre dame portion of this um <laughs> in a second which you're alluding to the next four uh get to host and then it's a traditional bracket where you have basically number five play number 12 number six play number 11 et cetera, et cetera. So and it's on campus which is amazing. Honestly, there's been talk, I think most even pundits that were, you know, against expansion, the more that they've thought about it are totally on board with this. They 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 think this is amazing. Go and, figure, right? Yeah. But, we
1: but, were told for years we couldn't have a playoff cuz it would hurt the sport and whatever. And now like we're being told you know how good it's going to be for the sport it it's comical it was always silly that the best football at the college level never had a playoff when all the other levels did and so 12 i think is a good number i th- i think i would have rather seen 6 or 8 and i think there's a lot of other people that have said that as well however i'm behind 12 i like 12 let's let's bring it on and you still you know get credit for having a fantastic season and playing really well in the regular season by getting those buys. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's it. And, you know, I was listening to, um, the, who sports podcast and they brought up a lot of great positive points, which is probably one of the most negative podcasts out there. They like making fun of everything. And they were on there talking about how awesome is that? Like a five versus 12 game going to be, or like a seven, a seven versus an eight in comparison to a one versus eight, which is gonna just be Alabama blowing the shoes off of somebody. So we're gonna have one good weekend of kind of upsets, fun, you know, home atmospheres. You know, it's gonna be crazy. And then, you know, this was always like the same thing. I come, people are always like, well, the outcome is gonna be the same. Fine, but guess what? The outcome to get there is gonna be so much better in this format even if it's still going to be Ohio State or Clemson or Alabama or whoever, at least every other team is more invested in the season all the way to the end and and then more invested in the playoff.
1: Yeah, and it, it will keep more people. In. It's like the wild card race in baseball. At first, everyone poo-pooed it. This is a long time ago now. But then you had this like, renewed pennant race because the pennant race used to be, you know, you win the NL and AL, you go immediately to the World Series. Then they put in the divisions and it kind of killed the pennant race and then it was back again with the wild card. I think this will create a new type of, you know, love of college football. It'll be different and it won't be as critical to win every single game to get into the playoff. But I kind of like that because people make mistakes, you know, and teams make mistakes. They have a bad day. They have two bad days. But this will be really fun and the first time like a Western Michigan gets in as a 12 and upsets number five, Oklahoma, it's just going to be so great. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's going to be, I don't want to equate it to the NCAA tournament. Like it's not that degree, but mm-hmm. it's certainly going to keep a lot more people excited about the season, excited about the playoff.
1: And the last thing I just wanted to mention on the playoff was that Notre Dame cannot receive a buy because they're not in the conference. You have to be a conference champ to get the buy. We hinted at it earlier. So, that was kind of big news. And I thought that Swarbrick's commentary that, hey, we don't have a conference championship game and the conferences do. So it's only fair that we play. That was refreshing that he wasn't complaining about it and just acknowledged the fact that, like, we all got to play that extra tough game uh, if you're in a conference. So it, it is fair. And I think it works out for everyone. And also just to stick it to Notre Dame a little bit, you know, we all kind of like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And some of the commentary I heard today was actually saying, it feels like Notre Dame gave up a lot, but they're not really sure that they did. They get to keep their independence. They're going to make the
1: damn thing every year.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> if they if they they actually get a lot longer between their final games of the season and when the playoff would start. And quite honestly, they they will never get the bye. But if they play well, they're going to be a five seed playing a 12 seed. Mm-hmm like, I mean, give me a break. That should be, that should be easy for them if they've had that good of a season.
1: True. That's a, that's a very good point. The next thing I wanted to talk about, let's get back to tech centric stuff. The reach for excellence campaign was launched while we were taking a little break. And that was a big deal, a $400 million fundraising initiative, uh, which $150 million has supposedly already been secured. And across all sports, this is going to benefit, uh, Football, obviously, but basketball and a ton of the other sports. We had the golf coach out there talking on on the day it was released. And it should bring us up in terms of competitiveness with the other ACC schools and and getting donations in the door.
0: Yeah, I I would hope so. I mean, that's a a huge initiative. I think Witt finally realized it was time to S or get off the pot. For uh, Virginia Tech, <laughs> and was don't
1: you think that this was supposed to happen a year ago, right?
0: Yeah, it was. It, it was, and I think uh, Andy Bitter actually did an interview with him and said how hard was it because of the pandemic to kind of, you know, stall this whole thing out for an entire year, and he said it was it was very difficult. It's it's a lofty lofty initiative, but it's good to see that it's already made pretty good progress. The money's needed, and I think it was. Really, just a good look in the mirror. That what's Virginia Tech today, and what's it going to be, and what was it in the past that we're trying to, you know, renew hope in specifically with regard to football.
1: Yeah, it's thirty million dollars of that is earmarked for the football enhancement fund. That goes to a variety of things such as recruiting, uh, salary pool, quality control, coaches, athlete development, all kinds of stuff. Uh, there was also $75 million of it, which is going to the Castle renovations, which I, I'm yep. sure you've seen the renderings. They they look awesome, and that is going to be so great to get that place upgraded because I love Castle. I know you know, it, it, there's kind of mixed emotions with it because it was kind of old and tired, but they're going to make it as nice as they can, and I still love how like close in you feel when you're in there. Yep. It, it, it's a great stadium to watch a game for me.
0: Oh, no. I, I think – the designers on that, I, I I saw some mixed kind of reviews. Most of it, the vast majority were positive. Some people didn't like it, but the fact that they took, and I'm not being mean here, the ugliest building that I've ever seen in my entire life, and and then still kept, you know, the legacy of it, and then built like the square infrastructure around the outside, and actually made it make sense, if you will. The renderings are beautiful. I mean, yeah. it it looks awesome. And the inside looks you know, even better.
1: Yeah, for sure. And the key thing I think that was said was Witt mentioned we must move from a challenger to a championship brand. And there was I don't know if expectations is the right word, but there was a certain level of gravitas attached to this money. Like, we're not trying to be here. We're trying to go up a level. And so I'm hoping I'm hoping that's true because the timing with COVID, the timing with our coach, you know, not being a favorite of about half, if not more of the fan base. And as Joe put it in his most recent article, kind of hanging on by a thread to launch this with your biggest coach on campus being a guy who could be out the door or some fans feel should have been out the door. It's a tough spot.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a tough spot to do, but I don't I don't think Wit has ever backed away and he had a big reputation for this at, at Cincinnati if you remember for fundraising if I I don't believe that Cincinnati would be where they are right now, basically the predestined favorite in the G5 to to, to you know make a, a big bowl game and potentially make it into the playoff, although I think that's a huge stretch. If it wasn't for him and a lot of what he did at that program, he's never shied away from raising money. Yeah, there's questions uh, that I have sometimes where, you know, you, you feel like for me, I love all Hokie sports, but I'm a huge football fan and... Now it's like we're, the football's not going well, but it's like, hey, you need to pay more in. You need to pay more in. There is a little bit of that feeling to it, but I think when you take a step back and a breather from that, it's just the truth. I mean, the, the where sports are, collegiate sports are in this day and age, and seeing what happened at Clemson and Alabama and how much money Ohio State has. If we want to be at that level, unfortunately, there is a there is a tax you got to pay the the troll. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I, I, you got to pay the troll toll. (laughs) Yeah. I I agree with that. Um, I, I guess the, my only pushback on the championship brand thing would be like, does wit mean championship at women's soccer? Does he mean championship at swimming and diving? Does he mean track or does he mean football and basketball? Does he mean the things that are actually going to make money? And so I get it. You want to be good at all the sports, and Witt has made that clear with the investments he's made in our Olympic sports because we're good. We've talked about it before. We are making huge strides in all the sports except football. Yeah. So I, I do think there's that he wants to be good at football, but it's, um, it's interesting because this is kind of the UVA model. You know, this is what UVA does. They're good at everything and they win at everything way more than we ever have, way more than we ever will probably because they have such a big head start. Uh, But I don't want to be UVA. I always liked being the football school and they can be the Olympic sports school. And now we're kind of a worse version of UVA. So I like it and I think it will lead to winning in a lot of sports and hopefully football will come soon. But we got to transition back to focusing on football. And I hope that's what he meant when he said championship brand is getting back to being good at football. Because I know a lot of people care about the Olympic sports and so do I, but I care more about football and I want it to be good because I don't, because what we just did with Fuente is similar to what UVA did with Mike London. They let him hang around for one more year. It continued to go bad. And then they fired him and they actually got a good coach down the road. So we'll we'll see, but that was just kind of my final thought on that. I hope yeah. we can become a championship brand.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's it's tough because it, it's it's funny with COVID. I so I wear a Virginia Tech mask everywhere I go. So I have a Virginia Tech mask. Everybody pretty much knows what my allegiance is, and it's been very weird in during COVID that now I have people coming up to me saying did you see what the softball team did? And I, so I have to kind of stay up on the, all of our sports <laughs> Yeah. and they will be the, like, Hey, do you see what the baseball and the, the baseball team, obviously the end of the season did not go very well, but they were playing really, really well. Like people come up to me and start trying to talk about wrestling. So I think what he's trying to do is working well, actually the problem is, is that in my heart of hearts, I care about football right? Mm-hmm. So I, I loved I,
1: watching what the softball team did. I love watching the wrestling. That yeah. was, I never even watched wrestling before. And I watched this year because it was fun.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's, so hard. you're right. It kind yeah. of
1: is working and maybe if it's getting conversation going, but I still think your donors, your real big donors, yep. they, they are going to come from football. That's right.
0: And that's hundred percent right. And I think that's the balance that you have to be very careful of upsetting quite honestly if you lean too hard one side or the other then i think you can you can lose people you may gain people but i don't know if you're going to necessarily gain donors or a fan base Uh, foundationally virginia tech is football like it like sorry to say it, it is Uh, that's what it is
1: moving on devin hunter is back from suspension vt put out a statement saying he's been remorseful and done just about everything in his power to get back with the team um, and that was really great news. He actually had to plead guilty to a misdemeanor charge, essentially, to get back on the field, and, and he was willing to sacrifice uh, fighting the case to do that. Uh, it was a v- very weird. No, no one even knows all the details of the case. It's, it's a very odd thing, um, but you know, the, the felony charge got him suspended from the team. Obviously, he pled guilty to the misdemeanor, and now he's back, and before that, we had only heard good things about Devin, about who he is and him working hard and all that kind of stuff. So I'm glad he's back, and I'm hoping that he can make a big impact on the field this
0: year. Yeah, I think we're certainly going to need him. I, Like you said, the details of this thing are so strange that it's not even worth kind of getting into. And he pled down. Uh, it sounds like his, he's very remorseful. He put out statements to say as much uh, uh, I think almost a three paragraph statement that he put out about how you know he didn't like the way that it was put out in public without people knowing the actual details but regardless of that he's still remorseful for you know it actually happening so but I think he's I think he's gonna be important to the the team this season and hopefully he's just learned his lesson and now we can we can move forward and on from that
1: hell yeah Unfortunately, we have a little bit of bad news that we're going to talk about briefly, and that is Virginia Tech linebacker Isi Etute was charged with secondary murder of Blacksburg resident Jerry Smith. And unless you've been living under a rock, I am sure you heard about this if you are a Virginia Tech alum or football fan. Details have been reported in the case, including a first meeting between the two where Smith posed as a woman after matching on Tinder, and then a second meeting that ultimately resulted in the murder. Uh... Attucci, like I said, was charged with second degree murder for essentially beating Smith to death. And me and you had talked about it over text. We don't really want to get into it, but I wanted to report it. And I you know, feel for the victim's family. I feel for Attucci's family uh, as a bad story for tech and a bad story for Blacksburg all the way around.
0: Yeah, you and I talked about it. I, I don't really want to spend much time on this one. It's it's a series of just really horrific and unfortunate events all the way around, and that's that's kind of it, and we'll, we'll see what ends up happening through the legal system.
1: Yeah, hopefully it won't linger uh, over the program for an extended period of time. We shall see. I um, Like I said, just a really unfortunate situation. Some coaching notes to bring us back to football. Bo Davidson was promoted in the recruiting department to director of recruiting, Lino Lupinetti was promoted to assistant director of personnel and recruiting and former safety Kai Sean Jarrett was added to the staff as the assistant director of player personnel. And he actually replaced another Hokie in Corey Fuller. So we're still keeping it in the family. A lot of former Hokies on the staff. And I loved Kai as a player. Uh, He was so talented and he actually went on to play for the Redskins and and had his career cut short because of a, a very unique like nerve injury. I think.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, and and honestly, they kept him around the program for a long period of time just because of how, around the Redskins, Yeah or Washington the, football team. Yeah, the <laughs> Washington football team. They kept him around and had him like doing this because they everybody loved him so much. He was such like a a great guy. His yeah, it was a it was like a weird freak hit that caused. I believe it was nerve injury damage that wasn't repairable, but the team loved him so much and they thought he was so good at like kind of developing players and helping them and coaching them that they kept him around for a while. So uh, honestly, you know, everything that I read when he was with at the time, the Washington Redskins, now the Washington football team just made me love him even more. I couldn't imagine a better hire back into the Virginia Tech program.
1: It's great. It really it really is great. And I love getting the former Hokies involved. It seems to be something that was a problem and now is hopefully skewing the other way and will lead this year, now that COVID's on its way out, to getting more former players on campus and building those relationships and better recruiting, all of that. As far as promoting Bo, Texas 2VT, Davidson, I'm a little bit flummoxed at, you know, our recruiting department has struggled. We know that they, the recruiting has been subpar. If you follow my Twitter, you've probably are annoyed by me because I always bring it up and I've been trying to do that less just so you know. Uh, but I do think it's interesting that we promoted from within when we've been struggling recruiting. Uh, I'm sure those guys work hard. I am, I am sure of it. And you always see them being positive on social media. And I respect that. Um, but whether it's DiThorn or Davidson or Lupinetti, I have my reservations about this recruiting staff.
0: I struggle, and to your point, like, like I I will never speak ill on anybody until I see what their body of work has actually done in their their role. But all we have to go off of is it, it's just weird. He's a he's a Texas native, like he did the whole kind of Texas to VT thing I'm not certain that's where our problem is today right I don't think I don't think like that's what we're trying to solve for is you know getting and maybe he's made huge strides but I come back to a theory and hopefully you know five years ten years from now somebody will go back and do a bunch of research and write a book about it but I'm still under the impression that Virginia Tech has serious problems. That uh, after Frank Beamer left, with making inroads in the high school schools around Virginia and had really building that connectivity and you know getting getting that connectiveness. And uh, I I I will be more than happy to be wrong, but statistics fall on my side than they do on anybody else's side. That I think that's. The biggest thing, and I think we made a few hires, and, we, and we've continued to to try and solve. That I mean, problem. adding JC
1: Price as yeah. as the director of recruiting on defense that's yeah. that's a nice move, yeah. I, and I, I appreciated that move. But look at what the basketball team just did bringing in the Dematha head coach. Like that's immediate dividends in recruiting. It should it should yield, and w- we have a head coach from Oklahoma. We have not, you know we have the recruiting coordinator from Texas I know vice is from Oklahoma too but he's actually done pretty well you don't need to be from the state to yeah. be good however I it's it's just perplexing because they haven't been successful they right. really haven't been successful you, don't, the last you, you don't
0: have to be from the state to be good in the state but you have to be good in the state <laughs>
1: like, yeah especially like, a state that has talent yeah. I mean that we don't this isn't You know, Massachusetts, we've got a lot of talent in this state. Uh, So we'll see what happens there. Um, Like I said, I I enjoyed the fact that we got Jack Tyler as the linebacker coach and we got J.C. Price coming in. Uh, Hopefully the recruiting will take a step up. That's what we can only hope for. Let's take a quick beer break before we move on to just a quick couple basketball notes and some more football stuff. Robbie, what are you drinking?
0: Well, I figured with all this conversation, I would just go down to uh, Star Hill in Charlottesville just to make everybody really happy. Um, <laughs> but no, honestly, there was only two or three beers that I hadn't had on the podcast or just in general. This is a Star Hill Brewery Ramble On Juicy IPA. I do take offense to that. Like Ramble On is not like a Charlottesville thing. If if anything, <laughs> that should be like that is that's like West Virginia southern virginia like you get down into the southern states so that 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 but it's a it's a decent it's a decent ipa i i like it it's a juicy ipa it's pretty good i know it's from charlottesville star hill puts out i mean good star stuff. hill's
1: they're so good. I yeah, mean, it's, it's it, pretty legit. It's okay to like some things from Charlottesville yeah. here and there, I suppose. Oh, <laughs> but I,
0: I will do a plug here um, since we don't have a sponsor this week. Uh, the brewery I'm invested in just opened this week. Oh, uh, nice. City State Brewery. It's in D.C., Washington, D.C., so... If you're looking for a new brewery to check out, uh, then there, there you they go. They have a
1: tap room that's that's up and running. They have
0: a tap room that's up and running. So uh, check them out. They'll start distributing hopefully here in the next uh, two months. So uh, I put that out there since we don't have a sponsor, we're gonna sponsor ourselves today.
1: That's right. I like it, man. Yeah. What are City you drinking? State. I have to check that out. Yeah. I am drinking the lightning bug from New Trail Brewing. That's out of Williamsport, PA. I've had, I've had another Williamsport uh, or another new trail on this podcast. That's where they have the Little League World Series. The Lightning Bug, great can artwork on this one. It's got a little jar with bugs in it, a little purple into pink. I mean, the label is so important on how we choose beers these days. And don't, don't say it's not because we all know that it is. And this one's a gorgeous one. Um, 6.5% alcohol, hazy IPA. Tropicals, fresh pineapple, citrus—it's all in there. Really strong beer tonight. I love it. It is. This is a this is a good choice. Uh, actually, a gift from my brother-in-law Chaz, who lives out in Pennsylvania, and picked this up for me. So, thank you, Chaz. So, before we go back to football, I did just want to mention a couple things about the basketball team. Uh, like I said, we lost to Florida. We all we all saw how that went, but overall, it was a great season. Uh, we were ranked most of the weeks and we have a lot of guys coming back for next year. So that's exciting. Unfortunately, Jalen Cohn did decide to transfer and he's actually transferring to Northern Arizona. I, I don't know what the tie in is there. I mean, Jalen Cohn was a pretty high recruit and someone we love watch shoot the basketball, but he couldn't really get on the court and I thought he was injured, but maybe it wasn't that, but whatever he, he is leaving the program we did pick up a transfer from seven footer, Michael Durr, but he decommitted after Chester Frazier, our coach left for Illinois. So, and, and Frazier has been a very good recruiter for us. He actually played for Illinois. So he's, he's going back home in a sense, working for them. But, uh, we hired, you know, the DeMatha head coach, Mike Jones, which was a great hire for us to replace Frazier. So after we get Jones in the door, uh, we we picked up a transfer from Clemson in four-star Lynn Kidd. And actually, I don't know whether that happened before or after this. This stuff kind of all happened at once. But we did end up getting another big man. So we lost her. We got Kid. Kid played one year at Clemson. He was a four-star. So let's hope the potential is still there. We needed some bigger bodies. And we also picked up a commitment in, I think it was the 2021 class a late one in Jalen Haynes who's six foot eight power forward from Florida he didn't have a ranking but he did a prep year so he's not a regular freshman he had Mississippi State VCU UCF and USF offers so that was another nice pickup in Haynes um I kind of hit you with a lot of information there Robbie but I think that the the key point of it was the, the basketball program's trajectory is still on the way up
0: yeah, it's and some of it's replacing people and there's a lot more movement that's uh, happening, but I don't know, I mean I think a lot of the preseason rankings for next season have us, you know, pretty highly ranked. I think everybody knows that there's a lot of potential on this team and I love the increase in size that we've been going after. I think that'll be nice, so, you know, Virginia Tech, you know, if you look back what 5 years ago, we were just kind of the the short, fast team that had to out-sprint everybody. And, you know, now we're actually starting to pack on size and trying to develop into one of those teams that can can really make a run uh, in the program, especially when you're going up to the likes of, you know, Florida State and, and the, the big guys that they have. And some of these programs uh, just, you know, dwarf what we had on the court for a period of time. So I think, you know, Mike Young, I think, and his staff, have really done a an exceptional job, quite honestly. If you look, at, if you look at what's happened over the past couple of years, it's it's pretty pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, despite small ball being a thing these days, uh, it's mm-hmm. extremely important in basketball to have height. <laughs> and so I'm glad we're kind of getting back in the front court. I also wanted to note that in the class of 2022 recruiting, there are two Damatha kids in the top 100. And we just hired their coach. So just, just something to, to just, think about. Just put that in the back of your mind.
0: <laughs> We've already seen, yeah. Mike Young take somebody from uh Wofford and bring them over to Virginia right, Tech. Right. So uh, you know, it's, you know, it's not lost on these coaches that, uh, where they can pull their players from.
1: For sure. We had the NFL draft while we were on our hiatus as well. Four Hokies were drafted, including Caleb Farley, number 22, overall Christian Darisol, number 23, overall, Diablo, number 80, and Khalil Herbert, our star running back this year, got taken at 217th overall to the Bears. Uh, he gets to share the backfield with Justin Fields. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that'll be fun. I, I was still I'm still surprised. I know it's a first round draft pick, but I, I still feel like Farley, the injury I could see, and I guess Darisol had an injury as well. So I it, but I still feel like Darisaw fell way farther down than they, they both fell have. a little bit yeah. right
1: i mean leading up to the draft i thought they'd both go top 15 ish
0: yeah but i mean listen i i don't think it's pretty close it's a yeah. few spots yeah yeah and we shouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth right we had the Edmonds brothers what two years ago both go in the first round now we have another two go in the first round yeah we're this isn't we're not ohio state where we're putting you know, seven, eight guys in the first round, but two a year is, is really good. And honestly, when we look at the stats of who had even one or two or more than that, uh, first round NFL draft picks, Virginia Tech's like up on the top of the list, like where, yeah. so it's, it's not easy. So it's, it's good for Fuente and the recruiting staff to be able to go out there and tout that.
1: Oh, it's absolutely a major bonus for them. Because if you think about it, Puente, he's been here for five years, right? So this was really one of his first eligible group of guys that he had from high school to the pros. And he had two first-rounders. So I don't like to give him props very often. And I'm still hesitant to even give him one on Farley because Farley was just an athletic stud who learned not from him necessarily anything he plays defense however you have to look at if you want to look at facts Fuente had two guys go in the first round that he developed from high school to the pros so Mm -hmm. that's a feather in his cap and hopefully it will lead to more recruits like you just said Hewitt signed with Seattle and Justice Reed signed with Tennessee as undrafted free agents let's hope they can make the team or make the practice squad and get some more Hokies in the NFL Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, uh, 2DeepVT.com is the website, 2DeepVT at gmail.com is where you can send us any, any questions, and you know what, I just remembered, Basil sent us a question, Basil Safi, loyal listener, frequent emailer, he sent us a question, and I said I would respond to it. I completely forgot till just now. We'll get to it next podcast, Basil. I apologize, but thank you for the email. Uh, and thank you for the review that we got as well, Jupiter Hokie. Uh, make sure to rate, review, subscribe everywhere you can. I think that's it. And until next time, go Hokies.